All right, it's a Bon Appetit Foodcast. I'm Adam Rappaport. This week we are dedicating an entire episode to one of my favorite subjects, sandwiches. Uh, in our March issue, we have an awesome 16-page story, our totally obsessive A to Z guide to making a better sandwich. Uh, everything from what kind of bread you should use, what kind of ham you better be using, do you slice it on the diagonal or do you slice it crosswise, the architecture of sandwich making. Uh, You name it, it is in there. To check out the entire package, you can pick up our March issue, which is currently on stands. But for now, senior food editor Chris Morocco and I are going to go through some of our favorite letters in the A to Z guide. All right, let's do this. Chris? Yeah? I'm not going to lie. Okay. I'm a little disappointed. You found out I don't like PB and J's. <laughs> no, I. <laughs> we're doing a sandwich podcast. I thought you might you might show up with a couple of sandwiches. Uh, well, you know, I was uh, I was on vacation last week. Otherwise, I would have totally kitted us out for this. We could have had a few exemplars of uh, what we're talking about here. Ooh, exemplars. Yeah, there you go. I can't believe I just slipped in that I don't like PB and J's, and you're not even going to fire me oh, well, like, on the podcast. We're gonna, that's coming. We are going to get to that. Okay, so. <laughs> Here's how we're going to do it. So we have this um, this wonderful uh, like 16-page package on our March issue, uh, How to Build a Better Sandwich, the A to Z of sandwich making. All right, we're not going to go through all 26 letters because we'd be here for like three hours, which maybe some people would enjoy. I would. Hmm. So we're each going to choose five letters, okay? Oh, wow. Okay. And we're going to go back and forth. And Ooh, so I'm going to yeah. like hit you with a letter, and you're going to hit me with a letter. And those on the receiving end of that letter have to like just go impulsively on what that letter means to them. Okay. And and just you can riff this way and that way and then cool. we're, then we're going to like cross check it with what our very scientifically researched vetted okay uh, the, the edited on version it, yeah, yeah in the magazine <laughs> and see if it see if it, it it lines up. Does that all make I hope that makes some sense. I think that makes sense. Are you ready to do this? I think so. All right, I'm going first because I get to say <laughs> I'm going first. <laughs> cool. All right, ready? Yeah. B is for BLT. Oh, isn't it though? You know, I mean, the BLT, I guess for me, this is the, the, the sort of like philosophical question at the heart of the BLT. Should you be able to order a BLT year round? Yes. You know, because at the end of the day, we all can recognize that that BLT you get in August where you have your heirloom tomatoes that are super kind of like mm. almost like steak-like in their meatiness. They're almost like bleeding. They're so ripe. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, there's something like a little bit almost like you're eating like flesh, you yes. know, when you when you mm. bite into them. But that said, does that same magic exist outside of that season? I was actually just at the Phoenician Diner last week upstate. And I ended up getting a turkey club rather than a BLT because I felt it would be kind of sacrilege to get a BLT here rather than a club. I will say this. I've, I have a feeling you have yeah, an opinion, opinion. Adam. <laughs> you, you, all right, here you go. Ready? Yeah, tell me. You can order a BLT year-round, but you can only make a BLT like two months a year, like July, Ooh. August. Depends where you live and what the tomato season is. Where uh-huh. we are in the Northeast, it is that kind of like August, September months when you have really good tomatoes. Uh-huh. Because that, as you said, that there's something about that like juicy, sweet meatiness of the tomatoes, the fruitiness of them, and how that plays off the salty, crispy, crunchiness of the bacon, which is just one of those magical tastes, sort of like harmonious moments. Mm-hmm. Let's say, Let's say it's August. Yeah. You're upstate New York somewhere, mm-hmm. peak tomato season. How are you making your BLT? 
All right. So I think the BLT, like the bread has to be griddled. Like it can't, for me, I oh. want to toast it. Here's the thing. I almost never have room temperature butter on hand. It's hmm. just one thing that like is just a bridge too far in yeah. my life. Okay. So I use mayo. Wait, are you toasting bread. or grill? What are you doing? I'm I'm in a pan. I'm griddling in a for pan. For a BLT? Really? For a BLT. Oh yeah, cuz wow. I want a, a I want like just a ridiculous level of crunch and toast so on you, that bread. So you want that grilled cheese quality to your bread in terms of exactly. golden. Exactly. Wow. Okay. And I use mayo to get that effect because it's spreadable right out of the fridge. I always have it. And so you're doing mayo on the outside on of the bread, outside. which is a good tip for any sort of griddled sandwich, like a, like a grilled cheese, a patty melt, et cetera. So that gives you that nice golden crisp sheen on the outside. Question, are you doing both sides or just the outside? One side. One side, okay. One side so that I get the outside of the right. sandwich toasted. On the inside. Whoa, 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 wait. <laughs> Emma's like shaking her head. She's doing like the face palm like emoji <laughs> over there. What, uh, what, what kind of bread are you using? I'm using white Pullman that I sliced myself. Mm, okay. Because it's got it's got a decent crust on it. Um, but it's got that nice kind of pillowy, soft, but not too soft kind of texture on the inside. Like, I don't really go in for that, like, the milk bread. You know, that bread that's just so squishy, yeah. sweet, kind of tender. Yeah. I want something with a little bit of bite to it so that when you griddle it, I mean, it stands up. Okay. All right. Yeah. Bacon. I know people do it in the oven. I'm still kind of like a stovetop guy. I okay. Just, cause that's what we espouse in our issue. We, we do. We, we do the bacon sheet method. Which I would say this, and that's uh, I'm just turning to page 62. What it's telling me to to page 62. We're 60, I mean, oh, here's 62. We're saying I just want to get the temperature right. We're saying um, about 16 slices, free 400 degrees, baking sheet, uh, rimmed with foil, which is nice, big time. So that way it doesn't make a complete mess. You rotate the pan, you flip it at one point. The thing about uh, listen, it's great for a crowd. You, you you don't have to deal with the splatter on the stove top. The one thing about doing it in the in the oven, it takes a while, like forty minutes. You know, at four hundred, honestly, I think it's going to go kind of fast. I don't know what time well, we you have work, on there. You work in the BA test kitchen, Three, and you guys say depending on the 50 thickness. Minutes, I yeah, don't, I don't believe that. I, I I did it recently, and did it, you? it took longer than I expected. Really? Yeah. So, anyways, all right. So you got yeah. To- so I, I I do it on the stove that, but you know, if I was doing it for eight people, sure, I'll I'll do the baking sheet yeah. and I'll get the yeah. whole rig set up with the foil and all that. Um, but I'll, I do stovetop just because it's kind of a little bit faster, and I'm only ever doing it for usually no more than like a couple people. Okay. Um, and then green leaf lettuce. I don't, I don't know iceberg in my wow. house. Yeah. So just basic grocery store green leaf. Green leaf lettuce. It's just it's crunchy with like a little bit of that like kind of chewiness, and mm-hmm. it doesn't have that glycerin like shattering kind of texture of iceberg. Like I want everything in there to like really be textural, but like chewy, chewy tender. Okay. Do you have thoughts on the bacon itself, or is it kind of like whatever's around? You know, I I'm not a brand loyalist when it comes to bacon. Thick cut versus regular, like maple cured, all that nonsense. You know, just nothing with too much sugar in it. You know, like when there's like too much sugar in the cure and it almost starts to like kind of blacken in the pan before it's even crispy. I hate that. So, you know, I'll look for something that's a little bit thicker. I don't even know how to describe it. You know, bacon that looks wet. You know, like in the package, mm-hmm. as opposed to like the slab of yeah. like you know the the nicely sliced kind of thick cut bacon, where it's like it feels like very solid. Let me ask you this: Yeah, if you're ordering your bacon, like sometimes you go to a diner, Ooh. how do you how do you tell them you like your bacon? I tell them I like it 
crisp. I want. I don't want like floppy bacon. Yeah. How many slices of bacon on a like a Pullman bread size, you know, basic square? Three. Yeah. You don't. Need, I think you don't need as much bacon as people think no, you need. No. Even like, four slices, especially if you're talking about something thick cut, it yeah. just gets. It's a. It's a bacon sandwich, which yeah. is a thing, you know. But I think it's that's not necessarily BLT. But this is a BLT. BLT. Each gets as much weight. Okay, so you get the bacon. I like that about enough to sort of fill out one level of the mm-hmm. bread, depending on the size of the bread and the slices. Yeah. Um, you've got your, your basic green leaf lettuce. Make sure you wash it nicely. Yeah. Tomato. See, what I love in August is you can get that one perfect middle of the massive heirloom oh, tomato, yeah. and you just get the one piece. The plank. The, the, yeah. The, yeah, the the plank, like the steak. Or if you like know? a beefsteak Jersey tomato. Once you get into the three slices of a smaller tomato thing, I mean, like, you're, you're going to lose half of it before you've even gotten through half of the sandwich. I know bacon is salty, but do you season the tomato? Always, yeah, a little bit. And sometimes I'll even, I'll salt it and kind of let it sit and uh, with the other slices of the tomato. And then um, I'll eat the rest of those tomatoes, like with all the juices mm-hmm. that have kind of come mm-hmm. out, like as a salad to yeah. kind of go with, or maybe even like later that day. But I want seasoning on that tomato, but I kind of only want that one piece. And I don't mind if I lose a little bit of the juiciness. Mayo? Yeah, so I do more mayo on the inside of the sandwich. When you say inside, top, bottom? Top and bottom. Yeah, I yeah. need both. Light, light, because yep. I've already got the mayo on yep. the outside. You know, you're not like looking for fat in there, but just a little bit of like that cool kind of silky kind of texture on the bread. Okay, I'm with you on all that, but here's where I'm going to tell you that you're wrong. <laughs> uh, I've been waiting 10 minutes for this. I will, well... I'm not going to argue about the white bread. I'm more of like a multi-grain sort of guy, but that's just, Mm, I kind of like the the crunch and whatever. Sure. Listen, I'm not griddling it because, whoa, A, you're making it for at least two people. Oftentimes, if it's summer, you have kids, you have friends, that means you got four or five people. Also, I'm going to say also again. You've got that backyard, so all of a sudden, you know, 12 people can show up. up Again, and like, so you can't be grilling all that bread. And finally- who has one BLT? I'm definitely going for at least another half a BLT. Really? Yes. See, my yeah. thing is like I'll plan like my entire meal around the fact that I'm going to eat one. I get one. So everything is scaled I, accordingly. I can't eat just one. All right. <laughs> so that, that we're, we're one letter through. <laughs> hit me with the letter. Um. All right. What do I want to hit you with? Let's see. H. What is H? H is for – oh, H is for ham. Okay. I feel like you've got thoughts. Okay, yes. All right. Big thoughts. All right. My favorite – a good ham and cheese sandwich is just that. Just like really good ham, mm-hmm. really good cheese, not too much of either. My thought is spend the money. I love a good prosciutto cotto, mm-hmm. which is cooked prosciutto, cooked ham yep. from Italy, or a Paris-style French ham, which is kind yep. of the same thing. They're, they're cooked hams. They're they're not in the cured prosciutto or Virginia ham style. And I think the, the most important thing is go to a decent meat counter, deli, grocery store, where you can ask them to slice it to order and say mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. want it as thinly shaved as possible so it's almost translucent. Yep. And that way you get those nice fluttery sort of, as I say, rosettes of, of ham. You can sort of layer on there. So it's not like that bad lunch meat that's kind of thick and it has that weird 
ribbon of weird rubberiness oh, on yeah. the outside. Like you want some some loftiness, some and pileage. Yeah, pileage. And it's almost great when it's when it's so thin it almost shreds and it kind of falls apart. Yeah, that's the thing. I feel like good ham, like it has almost a shredding yeah, texture it to it, pulled, rather than that like rubbery. Because it's it's tear. like it, it's if you look at it, the it's, you know it's, the muscles are kind of coming together, so it naturally kind of falls apart. It's not just one plank of compressed meat. Right. Um, so yeah, I love. Like I said, I, I go go in there. Love to see the whole ham. Pick your your favorite. Like I said, in that Parisian prosciutto cotto style, thinly shaved. You know, I mean, like I, I I don't need the cheese on there. I definitely need some sort of mustard. Usually Dijon, and I like Dijon and mayo together. For do a you ham. ever do the the butter, just like ham, oh, cheese, oh, and butter? Like our, our favorite place, Arcade Bakery. Arcade, over here. Arcade up the road does like a ham cheese sandwich on a beautiful baguette that's really freshly made yep. with butter. Yeah, that's great. That's a very French thing. It's, yeah, it's real specific, but it's incredible Like when you get that yeah. bread, and it's perfect. And I think it's nice. You don't want the sam- ham is, can be so salty. It's nice to have a butter that's not that salty, mm-hmm. you know, but that's just good, really creamy, good high dairy content quality butter. Yeah, so I, I, I love a good ham sandwich. I, yeah, I've come around to pickles lately sometimes, throwing mm. some sort of pickle sort of situation on there. But what kind of cheese are you trying to pair with your ham? I, you know it's, what? I'm not a big cheese guy. If you, I, mm. Give me some Gruyere, some thinly sliced um, cheese. I don't need like a sharp cheddar. I, fi- I find that overwhelms the ham. Like yeah. I want the ham to be the star of this sandwich, and that good ham is not cheap. And bread-wise, I'm not using wheat bread for this. I'm using either rye Right. Or if there's like a nice baguette or something. Uh-huh. Yeah. This uh, is a great place for a baguette. Yeah. Here's the thing. I only want Swiss cheese on two kinds of sandwich. One is a Reuben because I'm not sure if it's a Reuben without it. And then the other one is a ham sandwich. There's yeah. something about that like slightly kind of earthy funk that doesn't overwhelm the way cheddar would, but it actually has a flavor. There's a nuttiness to it. Yeah. Which is nice. Whereas mm-hmm. cheddar is a sharper cheese it's big yeah and i have thoughts on cheddar later on we'll get to another letter okay uh all right my turn ready yeah hit me because you referenced this before almost disparagingly (laughs) here it comes (laughs) i it's for iceberg iceberg i know we have like we have this kind of like retro chic appreciation for iceberg in this magazine i it it totally escapes me i don't get it my thing is I don't buy iceberg because I will never, you know, you'll use like a few leaves to put on a sandwich and then you have the rest of that head just like sitting there in your crisper drawer making you sadder and sadder every day when it should be, frankly, a, a kind of lettuce that actually has flavor like romaine, green leaf, <sighs> anything. Hell, Chris, radicchio. I will put radicchio Chris, in a sandwich Chris, and Chris. never look back. <laughs> okay. Well, you obviously don't understand the magic art of shreddice. Not lettuce, I but I think shreddice. I understand and just don't approve. Yes, you do. When you take that head, you slice <laughs> it in half, and then you slice against it to get these like shredded ribbons of iceberg that you pile on to like when you make an Italian hero at home, and you and you drench it with some oil and vinegar, or you put it on like a smash burger with like the melted American cheese, and you got that shredded lettuce yeah. that sort of has crunch, but then it also like soaks up the juices of like the burger or the oil and vinegar, so it gets like soggy and crunchy at the same time, and you're like, oh, that's what I'm looking. For like green lettuce, like I don't need your crappy green lettuce from the grocery store. If I'm gonna buy crappy lettuce, I want like iceberg shredded up. Changes the game, game changer. 
I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm skeptical of Shredders. I mean, I granted, yeah, in an Italian like combo, you know, sure. Like, what else are you putting in there? Like, you can't make it something that it's not. You know, you kind of crave that, like, the oil and the vinegar kind of clinging to those, like, kind of shreds or whatever. Um, and I, I honestly, I like iceberg just kind of on its own, like, as, like, kind of like an Italian salad. Like, we riffed on with, like, our meatball, you know, the oh, yeah, spaghetti yeah. and meatballs. The salad we did with that, with the red onion and the pepperoncini and the, and the mozzarella and everything. I mean, iceberg, like, it has this profound crunchiness but i think as soon as you kind of like shred it all of a sudden you're like releasing water you're going oh to that God. i mean you mentioned soggy don't, don't get all there's a place for me. soggy i don't think <laughs> i don't think that it's here all right what do you got your next letter all right all right because i i have a feeling you are going to want to talk about it how about p ah p is for pb and j the cover star of our mm -hmm. march issue we put a stack of pb and j's on white pullman bread this is like my favorite cover we have done since <laughs> since we put a bowl of mashed potatoes on the cover back in 2014 <laughs> for the Thanksgiving that issue. Was good. If you haven't seen the issue, you can check it out on my Instagram or anywhere on Bon Appetit Instagram. Uh, it's just like literally a stack of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches with what looks like to be like raspberry jam. It's a beautiful photo. I'll give you that. Okay, there's a couple things wrong with this photo. If I, <laughs> no. I were making them, all right. The raspberry jam, I love. With seeds, you always go with seeds. If I like. Well, I'm an adult, so I like seeds. Okay. I have a ten year old that like would like refuse to eat yeah. it, and I can I can relate to that. Yeah. Right. Kids eat jelly, adults eat jam. Ooh. Yeah. Bam. Mm. Okay. Okay. Second of all, and this is where I seem to disagree with a lot of my colleagues. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm getting crunchy. I'm not getting like creamy. Like, why would you not want crunchy? Ah. <sighs> See, I, the whole peanut butter thing is so lost on me. I, I mean, all, I can handle a little bit of peanut flavor and with savory food, you put jam on it and it becomes an abomination. I Like, I just, I, I, I do not understand peanut butter and jelly in the least. What? Yeah, that's true. Where did I, you grow up? I grew up outside Boston. I, I don't know. We my Well, first of all, I grew up in the kind of family what? where, like, my parents went to Whole Foods before it was Whole Foods. Did you grow up like, in, They like... literally didn't even have <laughs> refined sugar on the shelves. Instead of Captain Crunch, I got Aztec Crunch. It was, like, these weird kind of, like, like oh flavorless God. kind of pyramids of, like, every, like, surface texture but nothing going on inside. So when my parents brought peanut butter home, it was, like, you know the machine in the corner of the health food store where you, like, oh, flick the button the on thing. and, oh, like, and, you, and, you, and you wave the container oh around God. underneath it? Okay, I will say this. I, I grew up with Jif. Jif Extra Crunchy. Yeah, exactly. Country. So so you like peanut butter. I have since, yeah, come around <laughs> to there's a lot more of the organic-y sort of stuff out there now that is, that is actually a lot it's got, better. It's gotten better, yeah. It's incorporated. It's not just that whole, like, sludge on the bottom and the oil on top sure. and you gotta crank it um and so i can get with that and that's what marlon needs my kid and i would say so for good pb and j again i like i like some i like some bread with some substance uh like a whole grain toasting is nice because it turns that j the peanut butter kind of glossy and glassy and melty and i, I really like that like it doesn't have to be toasted i do think the important thing is i think the ratio is 60% peanut butter, 40% jelly. It's peanut butter first, then jelly. Mm. I mm -hmm. also do the thing where I, I'll do the peanut butter smoothly on the bottom slice, and then I'll do the jam right on top, very Ooh, delicately. Not on, not on the bread. No, I don't want it soaking into that other slice. Ooh. But again, I don't want the, the jelly mixing up with the peanut butter and getting it all smeared. I want to be able to put the knife back in the jam jar without bringing any peanut butter in with it. So again, it's, it's a very deft hand. You got to sort of apply it on. You're sort of like dancing on top of like, like an You're... ice dancer on top of the j peanut butter with the raspberry jam. 
<laughs> and then you put the top on. Sorry, I think I'm I'm crying a little bit. Yeah, um, and <laughs> and so and it's delicious. And I had even like when I was working at the, our old building at at Four Times Square, kind of nasty. I'd go to the cafeteria. I would still have peanut butter and jelly twice a week. For a while, they got crunchy. Then they got rid of the crunchy. Only had creamy, so I had to complain to like the people who ran the cafeteria to get crunchy back at the, at the sandwich bar. <laughs> okay, what do you got? Oh, oh no, is it my turn now? It's it's your turn. D is for diagonal. Oh, yeah, I yeah okay. So like slicing. I, so I I make my son, uh, my older son, a sandwich most days of the week, and he's really particular about it. He he kind of like at a certain point. He How said, old is he? He's five. Okay. At a certain point, I had been cutting his sandwiches crosswise, but at a certain point, he said, "Dad, I want my sandwich cut the other way," and he kind of like Ooh. motioned, you know, on the diagonal. And then, you know, I didn't see this package kind of come together until it was basically in print because I only worked on like a, a few parts of it. So when I saw D is for diagonal, I was like, "Yeah, it is." Yeah, you know, it's like it gives you a corner to to uh, that in immediately. Like if aliens came down to Earth and saw a sandwich cut on a diagonal, they'd be like, I know where to start eating that. You the pointy end. Exactly. The you pointy, know? it's like, start here. It's like an arrow. Exactly. Start here. Which, it makes perfect sense. And and then he kind of started lobbying for it to be cut into like four pieces oh, like on a, a diagonal, which starts to maybe, a, I mean, that, I don't know. What do you mean? Like, like a club sandwich. Like a club sandwich. Yeah. But which without is, the skewers, you know. Yeah, it gets it's messy. Just, it's wild. I'm a firm proponent of diagonal. Uh, however... It's got to be on some sort of square bread. I do not believe in the diagonal for rye for, bread, for instance, which is more of an oval shaped. Got it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, okay. it's, it's okay, but it's not a diagonal because there's you no lose, there's no corner. Yeah, you lose you lose some of the definition. You know, and what then, about diagonal like for like a hoagie? Is no, that a listen, thing? I mean, it's it, just it, like it, you, know, you know what dressing. it is. It's like a highfalutin thing. Yeah, if you're like, in Philly ooh. and you're getting a cheesesteak or an Italian hero, no one's cutting <laughs> in on a diagonal. No, you know what I actually learned? I talked about this last time when I was in Philly last year during ele- on election day. They don't even cut. Cut the hero. They don't even cut it? No, they look at you like if you ask for it sliced, they're like, okay. I'm like, well, why don't you slice it? And the guy's like, because we just don't. Like that's what you, we just you, don't in Philly. Yeah. So if you get a cheesesteak, you get a hero, you get the whole thing, and then you just got to work your way through it. And I was like, huh, okay. That's wow. interesting. Huh. All right, that was D's for Diagonal. Chris, what All do you right. got? S is for soggy. Because, <sighs> and, and, and let me back up for a sec and say that, you know, one thing I don't know that we've done a whole lot in this magazine is, is like all the kind of world of like hot sandwiches. Cause like, you know, when you introduce heat to most kind of sandwiches, things start to get a little messy. And are you okay with that, Adam? It's funny. I have a, I have a old camp friend. Actually, he didn't even go to camp Baco where I went. He went to camp Brant Lake, but Dave Blitzer, who even as an adult, he would only eat hot sandwiches. Ooh. He would not basically he wouldn't eat vegetables as an adult, but he would only eat like chicken parm, meatball heroes, uh-huh. those sort of things. I was always fascinated by that. French dip, cheese. Really steak. limits you. But yeah, he would not eat a cold sandwich. So Blitz, this one's for you. So all right, so <laughs> S is for soggy. Uh Tyler Cord, our friend who runs number seven sub here in New York and author of a super upsetting cookbook about sandwiches, which is like one of the best written cookbooks of the last several years. Uh, I'm just gonna read his little essay because you guys gotta hear his take on things. All right, here we go. For some reason, people, including the editors of this magazine, get stressed by the word soggy. That's ludicrous. It's not like commercial sandwich bread is so good it can't benefit from being partially saturated by the tasty things you've piled on top. 
Plus, trying to keep bread from getting soggy is like building fences at Jurassic Park. Nature will find a way. Your sandwich will get soggy like the roll of a meatball sub soaked in marinara. Bread soaked in deliciousness. That doesn't sound so bad, does it? If anything, I should give tips on making sandwiches soggier. Here are three. He says, put wet ingredients directly onto the bread so the moisture has access to its bread sponge instead of building up a stupid piece, building up on a stupid piece of lettuce you foolishly used as a sog guard and then running onto your lap. Uh, stop draining everything so well. Tomato juice and pickle brine can make a dry sandwich just as juicy as a fatty piece of meat. That's a really good point. That is a really good point. Don't have time to let the juices naturally soak through your bread. Make like a muffaletta and apply pressure ooh, with a heavy mm. book or a handful of dry sandwiches. <laughs> I, he has a point. You know? I, I think, all right, so Tyler is like, he's, he's an artiste. He's going to do his thing. I do think it's interesting. I've made Italian heroes at home where I've, I've got my shreddis mm, uh, and my various like Italian thinly shaved hams and porky meats. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've found when I don't apply enough oil and vinegar, I'm like, this sandwich is... Oh yeah, something. there's no life, and it's not soggy enough. You want it wet. You want all that, all the fixings wet, and then it soaks into the inside of the roll, so that inside of the roll gets completely saturated. Totally, the outside is still kind of dry, but like, and I was like, oh, and it all kind of becomes one. And I was like, the onion, the shreddis, the cheese, the meats, and I was like, oh, like maybe Tyler's right. In a sandwich that you're using a ho- hoagie roll for, you know, where you that outer kind of rim of crust. Even when it's soggy, it's not quite soggy. You well, know like what I mean? a good po' boy roll, it's kind of crackly on the outside, exactly. cottony on the inside. So it's like, you know, the kind of interior kind of soaks up some of that juiciness, but then the outside kind of still gives you a bit of a, a dry kind of toe hold. All right. Number four. This is my fourth. Ready? Yeah. V is for veggie sandwich. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you're a fan. Yeah. I. You know... The scuttlebutt sandwich, you know, the kind of like epic, legendary sandwich from Salty, um, R.I.P. RIP yeah. Yeah, and from Brooklyn and Williamsburg. I think we even ran the recipe years ago when we did like an early kind of. Days we did a sandwich version. Of it. Explain that sandwich to so the, the listener. This, so basically, it's hard-boiled eggs, yep. and it is pickled vegetables like beets, carrots, and kind of other kind of like onions and other kind of pickly things. It's a lot of feta cheese on house-made um, focaccia bread, which is super oily, you know, with just like kind of delicious olive oil kind of everywhere. And it kind of comes together in this not quite easy to eat, but just this kind of riot of textures, colors, flavors that, I mean, I'm I'm not going to lie, like to do something like that at home, it's a lot of work. Yes. My only hesitation with like a full endorsement of veggie sandwiches is you kind of have to work for it a little bit. It's not as simple as opening up a package of meat, a package of something else, you know, slicing some cheese and putting some condiments on it. Well, because like, yeah, for instance, getting back to ham, if you buy a nice ham like it's been smoked and aged and all that stuff like there's been a ton of work oh. that's gone into why that ham is so delicious completely i am a big veggie sandwich fan getting back to my days at the at the old building at Connie Nass, i i said i didn't really trust the lunch meats they had there i did they did, i don't like the way they sliced them they were too <laughs> thickly sliced uh so i'd often get a veggie sandwich i so i think you need and what we talk about here is like you need a variety of elements that sort of round out the sandwich. I think you need something fatty and like satisfying. And so that's either in my mind, either avocado 
mm-hmm. or hard-boiled eggs if you eat eggs. In terms or like of a prodigious amount of cheese, sometimes will get you part of yeah, the way there. Yeah, and and for this, that's when I use cheddar cheese because mm-hmm. I want I want a cheese that really big flavor. Yeah, that that's like the main attraction in this. I like something crunchy, like crisp. I would say crisp, like in that sort of like cucumber, mm-hmm. like fresh and crisp. I think if if it's tomato season, that oh, goes a long way. By all means, I love what they do down at uh, Turkey and the Wolf in. Um, New Orleans, which was, which was our number one restaurant last year, or best new restaurants. And when um, Mason Hereford, the, the chef, makes a tomato sandwich, he sprinkles um, sunflower seeds all Ooh. in there. And it's like something crunchy is mm-hmm. a really nice trick. Yeah, I think it's like the architecture and the combination and the layering that happens in a veggie sandwich is like it. This is not like your ham and cheese with butter moment, you know. No. Like you need the soft thing that's kind of meaty. Like I love that we did the um the kind of ancho chili covered roasted sweet potato as your kind of meaty thing in the sandwich that yes. we put in this feature. And then you have like you know your kind of pickly beet kind of mixture. I like a pickled pickled element. You kind of need that, you know, and like and frankly a lot of it too. Yeah. I mean that's the thing about like the scuttlebutt and about this sandwich. I mean, just the the sheer amount of herbs, you know, the sheer amount of kind of Well, I love, there's veg. a great, there's great tip in here. It's like, don't use lettuce, use herbs. And I love doing that. If you like good parsley or other herbs, you can just toss in an oil vinegar sort of situation. I think like you got to have mayo. Don't think of a veggie sandwich as needing to be healthy. No. It should be oh, delicious. No, like even like that kind of California crunch, you know, kind of thing where it's like you've got your, you know, your cucumber. It's almost like salad sandwich, like yeah. literally. I mean, you need some fat in the dressing. You Got need some fat. like goat cheese or avocado kind of wherever. And and herbs, you know, speaking of herbs, like I was out uh, with uh, Brad and Vinny at Mean Sandwich in Seattle several months ago, and they had this sandwich. It was a corned beef sandwich. They put pickled red cabbage on and this, the biggest handful of mint, fresh mint. Ooh. And it and it's kind of like fresh mint. You know, you're Did kind of looking at this it thing. first? No, the cabbage was pickled, so it was uh-huh. juicy, okay, yeah, and it was yeah. kind of like that was giving you that kind of like that moisture. But the mint, this is where things got wild. Okay, it had <laughs> things <laughs> got wild. It had sandwiches gone wild. Yellow mustard on it, and then it was finished with a drizzle of maple syrup. Whoa! Yeah, a big whoa. a big whoa. And but it was the biggest handful of mint. You know, you uh, more than you would ever use at home. But when you see it kind of out in the wild, and you think, oh my god, this is what a kind of bracing kind of herbal flavor mm. as a counterpoint to the corned beef and the mustard and and then that maple syrup just like gives you that like that roundness and the flavor to wow. bring it all together it was it was pretty epic that sounds awesome i do like i said i i, I love herbs on a sandwich like i said a lot of times i'll take if i have good flat leaf parsley i'll toss that with a little oil and vinegar on some sort of meaty sandwich cilantro is great oh yeah fresh mint apparently is really good <laughs> yeah that was new to me um, all right, Chris, your your next letter. You got you got two more. This is number four for you. I feel like this is a good one because you will have opinions. Mm, right. I mean, something that you're usually not short on, but maybe even more so with mm-hmm. this. And I have a big I have a big gripe about this. So, T is for tuna. <sighs> okay. When I was a little kid, like really little, I used to eat like tuna fish sandwiches. My mom would make them. I'd eat them. Mm-hmm. It was all good. Yeah. And then maybe when I was like five years old, I discovered that tuna fish was fish. <laughs> and it wasn't just this, the word called tuna fish. <laughs> right. And I was like, I don't want to eat a fish sandwich. That's gross. Yeah. So I have not had a tuna fish what? sandwich like in like 43 years. 
damn, I thought this was kind of going to be like an egg salad for you. Oh, no, I have like a lot you, of opinions about I, egg salad. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, yeah I'm just, which, yeah, we've, we've sort of been on the receiving end of in the past. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's like the, the fact that we put this tuna salad sandwich, I love that it's got a green goddess dressing. Oh, yeah, I think so if there's just... one thing that you could do to tuna fish to make it like kind of bring it into the 21st century, I feel like is kind of a green goddess dressing on it, you know, with like tons of herbs and, you know, kind of avocado and whatever, but putting it on an English muffin. And this is like the brainchild of Meryl. Meryl Rothstein, like yeah. Meryl Rothstein. Who edited the package. So it's in this, so the, the green goddess dressing turns the tuna fish sort of greenish, yeah. nice bright green with nice herbs on top and then on a toasted English muffin, which I was like, huh, this I, was completely I, out of left field. Cannot, I still cannot get behind. Andy lost the fight over that one. Oh, Andy, really? Andy and I were kind of pitted against Meryl and uh, and Carla, our food director, and Andy and I lost. Wow, very, apparently. Very sorry, sorry to report. I, I, yeah, tuna fish is uh, it's a divisive element uh, in my life. I, I once got in a epic fight with my wife about her liking tuna melts. Oh, which that's I find my, the worst of the worst. I find just disgusting. I'm like, so you're heating up mayo-y tuna with melted cheese on it and maybe some other mayo. Just Somehow like, that Ugh. got a pass a long time ago. I'm still trying to figure out how it how it ever flew. Wait, I, but so you don't you, you like do you eat tuna from a can like ever like on a salad or like pan beignet like not like a tuna no. salad none of no. it. Tuna from a can. No. Adam Rappaport, no. I'll do chicken salad, which is the same thing as tuna salad, but it's just chicken instead of chicken of the sea. So, wow. and I make a really good chicken salad. <laughs> celery is key. Celery, finally, yeah, like kind of yeah. a brunoise of celery in there is really oh, wow. key. Yeah. And, and a lot of mayo, of course. Yeah, no, so I'm not a tuna fish guy. And I remember like the kids like in, high, in like junior high school or elementary school, like, on a warm day, they'd have like their tuna fish sandwich in their brown bag, sitting in their locker for like four hours, and they get their lunch, and it's just like, oh, it's that smelly and mushy. And I'm like, dude, before no. the days of the insulated oh, uh, lunchbox exactly. for kids, and know. there was no air conditioning in the DC public schools. It was like <laughs> hot and nasty up in there, man. Oh God. Uh, okay, so yeah, tuna. That we, we're done with that one. Um, all right, we got. We just get one more. Cool. I'm gonna go with E is for egg sandwich. Mm, egg sandwich. Yeah, I mean that can encompass so many things. Yep. You know, so what does it mean to you? Well, I'm. I mean, it's completely colored by the fact that I was the editor assigned to doing that egg sandwich. You know, Wiley Dufresne's recipe that we put oh, okay. in this feature. So I like this egg sandwich. I think it's really cool. It's not one that I would eat every day. Talk to us I mean, about I think, it. So like this this egg sandwich. So what's cool is like Wiley. You know, was kind of like got very classical kind of like early training as a chef and. You know, he learned to do scrambled eggs doing the kind of very low heat brought up from kind of like cold um, whisked eggs so that they form those tiny, incredibly moist curds. But it's very wet. Yes, we've talked about it. It's, it's, almost, it's like soft polenta. It's right. It's creamy. almost like soft polenta. It's, it's sort of yeah. like it, it's like a pudding and, and I, I think delicious. Yeah, it's, it's pretty great. But to do it properly, I mean, it takes time, yeah. you know. And, and so he was doing this sandwich at uh, he wanted to do this egg sandwich at Dew's Donuts, um, which he opened in Williamsburg. And. And he realized, you know, doing that that style of egg, even if he could figure it out, how is it going to stay put in a sandwich? Yeah. So he did this method, which was really cool, of whisking the eggs over more kind of like medium high heat, but whisking so that you formed 
curds, small curds, but very quickly. But what you lost was that sense of um, like kind of luscious creaminess. It was still eggy and like yeah. a little bit custardy, but it had just like a little bit of a drier consistency. So he then whisked cream cheese into those eggs. Mm. And then he could then hold that mixture and then use it, um, you know, to order in his egg sandwich. So it's like this egg sandwich is kind of like an, a nostalgic kind of American grilled cheese sandwich, but with very soft, super creamy eggs. So he has griddled, inside. griddled bread. Do you accept? So he has these custardy eggs. With, Egg, eggs with, are cooked, yeah. yeah, and then it's assembled with kind of cheese on either side between cheese two being sides American, of bread. American, okay, big time, yeah. Um, so cheese on both griddled. sides, cheese on both oh, sides, on top and bottom. Well, that's I think that's what we ended up doing, just because okay. we just needed to kind of. We so, needed to get a certain amount of cheese to like yeah. make it look like so then, grilled cheese. Do you griddle it together or do you griddle each piece of bread first and then assemble? You griddle it together. So like a grilled cheese. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so you're that's cooking how the it cheese just melts. like a grilled cheese, exactly. And the creaminess of the cream cheese helps the egg stay creamy and not overcooked. Exactly. And and because they're just a firmer kind of set to the egg, they stay put in that sandwich really nicely. So, you know, you kind of like it's this funny kind of hybrid. And, you know, I think there's many different kinds of egg sandwich. I mean, you know, to say E is for egg sandwich but not talk about egg salad, which I'm sure you're just dying to talk about. Well, that, um, that's, that would be an egg salad sandwich, <laughs> which is a completely which, different beast. But it, totally. But what what egg sandwich do you know of that, like, isn't an egg salad sandwich before seeing this, though? Well, you know? Every egg sandwich you get, like, I, I know listeners hate how we talk about New York all the time, but that's no, where no. we live. But, like, yes, you get an egg sandwich at the deli. Like, in the morning, you're hungover, and you get, like, a bacon, egg, and cheese or an egg and cheese oh, on a Kaiser sure. roll. Okay. Like, that's an egg sandwich. Got it. Yeah, and that's like, and that's, and you can go to any golf course in the morning, and get an egg sandwich before you go out and play a little. I think, you know, I feel like, yeah, like our growing, you know, sort of spending so much time in New York kind of like colors you, you know. Yeah, but like I think the that, deli. I menu. think the egg sandwich as a sandwich is now more more prevalent. You get on your Kaiser roll with the mm-hmm. egg. Although I will say this in terms of, and I, said, I think I, I love the the Wiley one, and it, you can also look at it in the, in the magazine or if you go online or Instagram or whatever. For the egg sandwich at Dew's Donuts, D-U apostrophe S, and you'll see how just luscious and creamy yeah. it is. I was at Deli Provisions recently, uh, Danny Meyer's little takeout oh, next yeah. to Union Square Cafe, and they do a really nice bacon, egg, and cheese. It was like really thick-cut, beautiful bacon, mm-hmm. fried egg, I want to say sharp cheddar cheese on this delicious homemade roll and a little uh, wake-up sauce, which is kind of like a special sauce, a little yeah. spicy. And this happened to me... And it's happened before, and you got to learn your lesson the hard way. When you are eating a, I'm holding like the sandwich towards me, like so. I got my two hands, you know, holding a sandwich. Yep. When you are eating a, a bake again, a bacon, egg, and cheese with a fried egg, do not tilt that sandwich no. vertically so it's facing it. You got to it has to be parallel to the ground because when you bite into that soft yolk, as will happen, oh, big if it's pointing downwards all the yolk will fall out the back of the sandwich. And you're like, oh, yeah. and that happened to me. And it was like a beautifully cooked egg, but then I lost like the majority of the yolk onto like the countertop. It'll never be the same. Yeah, so you yeah. always got to keep it keep it, keep it, it parallel to the ground. <laughs> Don't tilt the sandwich. I yeah. learned my lesson the hard Don't way. Don't tilt. Uh, all right, Chris, what do you got? Last letter. All right, last one. You know, I feel like, I feel like our, you know, anybody who 
has listened, you know, to the podcast, read the magazine, probably knows that you like mayo. Mm. They may not understand the degree to which you love mayo. I mean, because I feel like we'll we'll do like any kind of like I feel like maybe Delaney was doing the sausage and pepper sub, and there was kind of like some tomato sauce in there. And I I, I could be wrong, but I feel like you had maybe even floated the idea of maybe just the sm- the s- smallest little swipe of mayo yeah. in there. A suggestion. I mean, you will you will you will call for it. You know. Um, Listen, yeah, I I've talked about this. I will literally if you give me a good baguette and a jar of Hellman's, I'm happy. Like I don't <laughs> even need all the other stuff. Okay, so mayonnaise, it just. It just makes everything. It's just a, like you. Hate, you I hate it, to use the word lubricates, but it's just like it just kind of <laughs> makes everything just. It just goes smoother and easier. People are like, "Ooh, mayo's gross." Like you don't know what you're talking about. People say mayo's gross. I'm like, no, you don't believe that. You go to Shake Shack and you have like special sauce all over your burger. Oh, yeah, you're sure. not complaining about mayo. It's like people complain about mayo. I'm just like, just stop. You, there's too many things like from tuna salad to chicken salad that have mayo in it that you eat. So. The question is, how much mayo do you put on? Well, that's up to you. What we talk about here, which I like, is sort of seasoning your mayo, which I've gotten big into lately. Like when we do chicken cutlet katsu night at the Rappabuck house, I will slice up some really crispy, freshly fried chicken cutlets with like panko breadcrumbs. And then I'm taking like my Hellman's. And I know for all you listeners down there in the South, God bless you. Dukes. We don't really have access to Dukes up it's here. It's so hard to find. You have no idea. If you want to send me some, like, I, I'm all- Send us a case of yeah, Dukes, seriously. Send me a case of Dukes <laughs> at, at, one, at One World Trade Center, 36th floor. I am all about it. But I like, so yeah, so I'll take a little Cholula, throw it in there, maybe some lime juice, stir it up. Sometimes I throw a little soy sauce in with that mayo. Like, I love anything you can do to sort of, to, to hop it up, I'm a big fan of. Well, I'm, I'm so glad you mentioned seasoning your mayo, because I feel like something, you know, there are certain condiments that come out of the jar ready to go like ketchup or mm-hmm. you know most hot sauces they're fully seasoned have all the flavor you know the kind of punchiness salt whatever mayo it's got the fat it's got like a tiny bit of like a kind of hint of tanginess but usually it's kind of lacking a little bit of salt and it certainly is usually lacking acid for like a lot of applications so i think like whatever you do to kind of dress it up you know if i'm doing easy kind of like you know sort of like condiment for a sandwich and I'm, i can be bothered to put in the effort you know i'll put in like lime juice lemon i'll put in a good amount of um of salt in there because it's not it, it just wasn't doesn't quite have that you know yeah, if in fact, and like I said, if you wanted to introduce something else, and and you know, I would I would think like somebody I was just saying like like salt or like celery salt would be pretty good oh, in your mayo. You yeah, know? there's I mean there's so many things. things. Yeah, it's 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 a base for all sorts of explorations. Yeah. Well, Chris, I'm really I would love a sandwich right by now. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Next time. <laughs> <laughs> next time. Uh, Chris Morocco, thank you very much, listeners. You can check out the A to Z of sandwich making in our March issue of Bon Appetit, or apparently it's online also. But like I said, in the print edition, it, it's, it feels really special and, and big and grand. So I would endorse picking up a copy. Uh, and as always, thanks for listening. Thank you. Bon Appetit Foodcast is produced by Carrie Polis and produced and edited by Emma Wartzman. Our theme music is by Valerie and the Gradies, with additional music by Nathaniel Wartzman. We have new episodes every Wednesday, and if you want to tell us about this or any other episode, email us at bonappetitfoodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.